Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. So my wife does this thing uh, where she buys things and you're like, yeah, that's not unique, dude, mine too. Um, but my wife does this thing where, um, where she buys things and, um, and she's not sure if she really likes them. And so uh, she keeps the tag on them. And, uh, and so I'm talking about like, this is not just, this is not just items of clothing. This is like, uh, this is like lamps or like throw pillows or like rugs or like, you know, just different things in our house, you know, like decorative things, candles, there'll be stuff like candle stand. And, uh, and, and so she's not sure, uh, if she's going to like it. And so she sets it up wherever it is in the house, but she leaves the tag on because she's thinking, you know, I might not like it. It might not feng shui. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, and so she's like, I might take this back and, uh, which is fine for like, you know, like maybe a a few days, you know, when you're kind of deciding maybe a couple hours, um, maybe that afternoon, that's fine. Um, but if you were to come to our house right now, uh, you would find some things in our house, uh, that still have the tag and we have owned them now for five years. Okay. And so I'm like, what, like, what are you doing? Like, are you going to do anything with that? Like, are we keeping it? Like, are we sure yet? And she's like, I just don't know if I'm sold on it yet. And I'm like, well, you can't take it back now. Right? Like, so let's cut the tag off because it looks doom. And so I'm like, let's do that. Right? Like, let's take the tag off of these things. She does this also, like she's done this a couple of times with, with like frames. And so she's gotten like a, like a frame and she's, she's got it. And she's like, this is the right one. Like, this is the one with the gold border. I know this is going to look so good in this room. I just painted the room. It looks amazing. Like this gold frame is going to look so good. Let me hang it up. Make sure it's the right size. Is this the right size? This wall's really big. I don't know. Is this frame big enough? I think we need a bigger frame. I'm like, no. And so, um, and so she, she gets it, she hangs it up and, and, and it'll be there. And it's got, you know, like the stock image, you know what I'm talking about? Like the stock image, you know, like that, that couple that's like, oh, you know, like, it's usually in black and white, you know? And so it's like that stock image in it. And, and then I'll walk by it like a week later and I'm like, the, the stock image is still there. And I'm like, that's not me, you know? Like, and so we're like, what, what? And I'm asking her, what's gonna go in the frame, right? Like what's gonna go in that frame? And she's like, well, you know, we're gonna do family photos in a couple weeks. I've got this person, she's coming, she's fantastic. I've seen her photos on Instagram, they're amazing. She's like, so I'm waiting on those photos. We gotta have just the right one, you know? This is a cool gold frame read. It's got to have the new family photos. You know, Blakely's lost her baby teeth and now she's got her real teeth. And so we got to put that face, you know what I mean? Like, and so, and so it's like, you got to get that photo or, or it'll be like, Hey, you know, I'm going through all of our photos right now. And I'm looking for the one where all the kids are looking, you know what I mean? Like the one where all the kids are looking and they're smiling. And I'm like, no, I've never seen that picture. Right. (laughs) Because they never do. Right. There's always one that ruins the picture. They're either looking like a psycho or they look like they're high because their eyes are like, you know, like, you're like, what? Like, like what? Like, like there's always that picture. So I'm like, you're, you're gonna be looking for a while if you're looking for that picture. So she's looking, oh, I'm looking for that picture. Or she's like, you know, I'm looking for a picture of just me and you. She's like, we haven't done that in a while. I'm like, when's the last time you took me on a date? You know, and I'm like, all right, I get it. All right, you know? And so it's like, you know, she's looking for the right picture for the frame and eventually she'll, she'll find it. Now, 
I'm talking about that. Um, we, we started last week uh, a series uh, where we're talking about uh, this, like the deep-seated question, the deep life question that we all ask, uh, which is the question of purpose, right? Why am I here? What am I here for? Is there a plan for my life? Is there a purpose for my life? Does my life have meaning? Like, is there, is there something that I'm supposed to do? And then if so, how do I know, right? Like, and, and so this is the questions that we're coming around. And in order to help us answer this, what we've been doing is we said, we're gonna camp out for this whole series for the next three weeks, right? And so we're gonna be camping out in the book of Colossians. Uh, written by a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul, one of the most influential and important Christian thinkers and missionaries that the world has ever known. And Paul writes in his letter uh, to the Colossians, this church that he had heard about. He didn't plan it, but he had heard about them and he writes to them. And the reason why we're camping out there is because what he writes to them is that he says, yes, like you have a purpose. God has a will and a plan for your life, right? Like, and, and what's even more important is God wants you to know what it is. And so we jumped into Colossians chapter one uh, last week. If you weren't with us, you can go and catch back up. I'm gonna give you like the 30,000 foot view, but you can go listen uh, to the whole thing uh, on, on YouTube or on our podcast. But what we said last week is, uh, as Paul began to unpack purpose, he said, hey, like uh, on this journey of discovering why you're here, we gotta start with actually knowing who put you here. And so he said, your primary purpose, right, is not a what, but rather it's a who. And his name is Jesus. And so Paul writes in Colossians chapter one, he says that we were created by and for Jesus, which I hope for those of you that were here was really, really good news because that idea that we were created on purpose and with purpose means that no one, there are no meaningless, there are no accidental, there are no worthless people. And so, because Paul says you were created by, meaning on purpose, with purpose, because he says you were created for, and then he says you were created by and for Jesus, for a relationship with Jesus. And so what we learned last week is that the primary purpose of our lives is to know the one who put us here, to know the one who created us, that you and I were made for, first and foremost, primarily a relationship with Jesus. And we said, that is the frame, right? That is the frame, no stock photo here. We're gonna talk about this in a minute. That is the frame through which we view all of life, or at least that we're invited to view all of life. That the frame for everything that you do, the framework is that you would walk in a relationship with the one who made you and that that would frame everything else that you do in this life, right? Paul says, that's, that's the framework. But now that leaves us still with a lot of questions, which namely is like, well, what goes in the frame then, right? Which is what a lot of you were asking last week. Okay, like if, I'm, if, if the purpose of my life is to know Jesus and to walk in a relationship with him, then, then what does that mean? Like, what am I supposed to do? What picture goes in that frame, right? What's the picture for my life that God has? If, if the framework of my life is to walk in a relationship with the one who made me, then what does that mean? What is the picture that, that he has for my life? What, what does that look like? Is it just, you know, some of you are probably thinking, well, if, if my, my purpose is just to know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus, does that mean that like, I'm just supposed to sit around and like read my Bible and pray? Like, is that, is, is that it? Is that everything that, 
Like, is that my life? Am I supposed to quit the career that I'm in? Like if, if, if God's purpose for my life is a relationship with him, it's knowing him. Am I supposed to quit the career that I'm in and, and get into like church work or like, or like ministry or like maybe like nonprofit? Cause that's like kind of close. Like, is that what I'm supposed to do with my life, right? Like, like what goes in the frame? What's the picture? Is there a perfect picture? Like, right, like my wife is looking for, for some of the frames in our, is like, is there a, is there a perfect picture that fits in that frame? Like, is there a specific job that I'm supposed to do? Is there a specific person that I'm supposed to be with? Is there a specific place that I'm supposed to end up in, right? Like what picture goes in the frame? All right. I know why I'm here. Thanks for telling me last week. I'm, I'm here to walk in a relationship with, with the one who made me. I'm here to walk in relationship with Jesus. But, but then what am I supposed to do? What goes in the frame? That's what we're going to be talking about today. What goes in the frame? What are we supposed to do? And how do we know what picture belongs in that frame, right? And thankfully the apostle Paul, he actually has uh, a lot more to say on this in the book of Colossians. And so we'll, we'll be in the book of Colossians and we're actually gonna jump ahead. Last week we were in chapter one and this week we're gonna jump ahead to chapter three. It's not because chapter two is awful and there's nothing of value in it, right? Chapter two is actually really, really great. There's lots that you can know about growth and freedom and maturity in your relationship with God. And so if you're following along in this, this uh, devotional that we gave you guys last week, if you're following along, you're, there's lots of great stuff in chapter two, but I've only got three weeks. And then Andy was like, now I'm teaching again. And I was like, okay. So, um, and so I got three weeks, right? And so for us to cover all that ground and to talk about this idea of purpose, right? We got to kind of move quickly on our Sundays. And so we're going to be jumping ahead uh, to chapter three. And by the way, if you want one of these and you didn't get one, uh, we've got more of them and you can get one on your way out. Um, that's our gift to you. Um, but uh, we're going to be jumping ahead to Colossians chapter three. And what I love in chapter three is that um, in, in, in all of Paul's letters, you'll see this if you uh, spend any time in the New Testament, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, but if you read any of Paul's letters to any of his churches, he always has this point in his letters where he turns from talking like lofty and like theology and like spiritual stuff to getting really practical where he talks about like how all the spiritual stuff that he's been talking about now makes sense in your daily life. He always has this turn, right? In, in every single one of his letters, he's got a turn where now he's gonna go, okay, we're gonna take the theological and we're gonna make it really practical. And we're gonna talk about how that applies to your life. I call them his like Monday moments, right? The Monday moments, meaning where he takes what we talk about on Sundays and he makes it really practical for Mondays, which is a good thing. Because a faith, you guys, and a religion that is practiced only on Sunday or that only makes its way into our minds and into our lives on Sunday, but can't make its way into Monday is of no value, yes? And so Paul has this Monday moment turn, right? Where he now in Colossians chapter three, he's gonna be taking all this theological stuff that he's been talking about. You're made for a relationship with Jesus. And then he's gonna, he's gonna now talk about what that looks like. What are we supposed to do how does knowing your why, why you're here, actually affect the things that you do? And he's gonna talk to us now in, in Colossians chapter three about what can in fact go in this frame and how we can know, how we can know what it is that we're supposed to do, 
within the context of walking through life in a relationship with Jesus. Now he's gonna talk to us about how to know what it is that we're actually supposed to do. So this is in Colossians chapter three. He's gonna tell us here. This is Colossians three, and he's been talking about what life with Jesus looks like and what what we ought to look like. And then he says this, he says, and whatever you do, He says, whatever you do, he says, you wanna know what goes in the frame when you're walking in your purpose, when you know why you're here, when you're actually walking in your purpose and knowing and and walking in a relationship with God. He goes, do you wanna know what goes in the frame? He goes, whatever, whatever. He goes, it's, it's whatever. Now that has double meaning. I'll be honest, right? Double meaning, M- meaning whatever as in like everything, right? So whatever is in like every little thing, every part, every detail of your life, he goes, it goes in that frame. Like, so whatever as in like when you get up in the morning and you're getting ready and you're having conversation uh, with your spouse uh, or your roommate or your kids, when you're making breakfast, when you're sitting in traffic, right? Like, like when you get into the workplace and how you treat your coworkers and how you treat your friends and, and, and you know, how, how you're going to handle your free time and how you're going to handle your finances and all that kind of stuff. He goes, he goes everything, right? Like whatever. He's like everything fits in that frame. He's like, so it's everything, but it's also anything. He says, it's everything, but it's also anything. When I say anything, he's, he's also, when he says, whatever you do, he's talking about like anything that you, not just everything that you do, but anything that you choose to do. He's like, now fits in that frame. Meaning like any, any career path. Like you could do, when Paul says this, he goes, whatever. He's like, you could, you could be a doctor or an Uber driver. You could be an accountant or you could get into administration. You could, you could be a, a private chef or a politician. Well, maybe not that. That doesn't fit in the frame. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> Just not today, right? Not anymore. You know, so, so. But he's like, like whatever, right? Like anything, anything that you do can now fit in the frame. He goes, look, when you get the frame right, when you understand why you're here, when you get the frame right and you are walking in your purpose, which is a relationship with the one who made you, he says, then when it comes to what you do, you get to choose. Which I know some of you are like, nope, that's not what I heard. I know that sounds crazy. You're like, not anything, right, Reed? Now we're gonna talk about the parameters of that because there are some things that don't fit into that. And Paul's gonna talk about what things don't fit. But for the most part, when you are walking in a relationship with God, then when it comes to what you do, what Paul is saying is it's whatever. He goes, when it comes to what you do, you get to choose. You get to choose using wisdom, right? Listening to wise people around you. He goes, but you, you get to choose. And that sounds wild, y'all, because that is so different than what I thought of or what I heard growing up when people talked about like God's will for your life. Anybody else? Like, like for me, when I was growing up, like I, I, was, I was told by people whenever they would talk about like when on the few times that I would, you know, go into youth group or anything like that, or my mom, um, I was, I was T-R-O-U-B-L-E. And so like um, my mom would like, like try to set me up with like mentors. She was like, you're gonna meet with this guy and he's gonna tell you about Jesus. And I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, and, so, and so when I would meet with these people, though, they would talk about God has a plan for your life. 
And, and when they would talk about God's plan for my life, they, they always referenced it as like one specific thing. You know what I mean? Like God's got this one thing and you don't wanna miss it, Reed. Don't screw it up. You're like, well, no pressure. What is it, dude? Like, I, I don't wanna miss it. I don't wanna mess it up. You know what I mean? Like, but they would talk about God's plan as if it was like this one specific thing. And if you miss it, then you've messed it up. Or they would talk about it, you know what I mean? Like God's got this plan for your life. You know, this one person that you're supposed to be with, your soulmate. And you better not miss them. You're like, well, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what? And that's the way it was spoken to me. That's the way it was taught, you know? It was like, okay, God's got this one thing and you better not miss it. You better not mess it up. You better not miss them. You better not mess it up. You better not move to the wrong place because if you end up there, then you're outside the will of God. You're like, whoa, no pressure, right? Now we can talk for a minute. Um, I just want you to follow with me the soulmate thing. Think about this. If you are meant to be with someone, but you miss them and you married someone else, follow this. And I know some of you were like, I'm sitting with my soulmate. <laughs> Don't tell me this, Reed. But listen, if you were meant to be with someone and then you married someone else, then what does that mean now? Not just have you missed your one, but then they're supposed to be with someone else who then they missed their one. And if they married someone else, then, then they missed their one. And so by you missing your one, you ruined relationships for the whole world. That's some serious pressure, right? That's crazy. And so when I, when, when, when I talk about like my wife and I, I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, like, I don't know that I believe that we were meant to be together, but I do know we chose to. We chose to be together, which I think can actually be really, really powerful, you guys. I think it actually is really, really powerful because of all the options out there and all the other losers she dated, she found me. And so I'm like, whoa. But no, it's, it means, man, of all the people that she could have been with, of all the people that I could have been with, we chose one another. And it's the reason why we get up in the morning and we pray and we ask God for help because each and every day we're still having to choose one another. We're not together because we had to be. We're together because we choose to be. And, and what Paul is saying here is, he's like, look, look, the purpose of your life is is to be in a relationship with God. But then when it comes to what you do, when it comes to who you're gonna be with or where you're gonna go, he goes, when it comes to those things, when it comes to what you do, if you get the frame right, if you get the why right, then he goes, when it comes to what you do, then it's up to you. It's up to you. It's whatever. It's whatever. So it's like, hey, you wanna, you know, accounting, administration, you wanna go to business or Bible school? He's like, it's it, it's whatever, single, married, that's, it's, it's whatever. That fits in the frame. Both of those fit, could fit in the frame. Kids, no kids, it's, it's whatever. That can fit in the frame. He's like, you choose with wisdom and, and thoughtfulness and, and prayer, like, but, but choose, you choose. And, and when you hear that, it can sound like also when you hear that God's will might be whatever, it can also, it can kind of sound like, well, does God not care? Does that mean God doesn't care about what I do? Is he just like, eh, whatever, I'm here. Is that what it is? Does it, mean, does it mean that he doesn't care about what we're doing? No, that's not what Paul's saying at all. Paul's not saying that God doesn't care about what you do. As a matter of fact, in another letter that he writes uh, to the church in Ephesus, he says that 
We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he thought of beforehand, before the creation of the world, right? So he's going, hey, look, like, like obviously God cares what you do. And he's thought of specific ways that he wants you to have an impact on this world and the world around you. He's, he, he cares the things that you do, they matter, right? So when he says whatever, he's not being flippant. He's just flinging the door wide open. So when he, when he says, hey, like it's whatever, right? He's not saying, I don't care about what you do. He's just going, I didn't make robots. I made sons and daughters. I, I didn't make robots that I just give you a program and you run it. He says, no, 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 I made sons and daughters. And so what I want you to do is I want you to discover your passion and I want you to discern your path. And the way that you do that is through walking in a relationship with me. And so when it comes to what it is that you're gonna do and what can go in the frame, there's not like this one specific picture for your life and it's the only one that fits. That's not the way it works. What the apostle Paul is saying is, it's whatever. It's just whatever. He goes, if you get this frame right, then, then when it comes to what you do, he goes, you choose. Now, I did say that, uh, that Paul's gonna give us some parameters and he's gonna tell us here um, in this verse, he's gonna show us that like, while we get to choose whatever it is that we wanna do and you can choose a career path and you can choose whether or not, you know, married or single and you can choose if you wanna live in Florida or if you wanna live in Washington, he's like, like you, can, you get to choose those things. He is, he's gonna be very clear though. There is a way that God desires us to do whatever it is that we choose to do. And the way is very, very important. And the way is actually gonna eliminate some options. So there are some things that this way will eliminate that you will not be able to do. And so this is what he says, he keeps going. He says, and whatever you do, right? Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, he says, I want you to do it all, all of this, right? In the name of the Lord Jesus. He says, I want you to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. He says, look, when it comes to what you do, he's like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you there's just one thing that you can do for forever. Like, like there's all different things that you can do. Um, there's all different things that I've wired. You've got all different kinds of passions. You don't have just one passion, right? He's like, there's all different kinds of things that you can do. And so if you get the frame right, if you're walking in relationship with me, then when it comes to what you do, he's like, it's up to you. But but there's a way that I would like for you to do that. There's a way that I've called you to conduct your business. There's a way that I want you to do whatever it is that you end up choosing to do. And he says, and the way is that you would do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, which you can already see right there. That now eliminates some options, right? Because there are some things that you cannot do and some behaviors that you cannot participate in in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? Like so, meaning if you are a really great money launderer, you can no longer do that, right? You can't do Ozark in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? Sorry, Jason Bateman, right? Like you can't. If you are a fantastic chemist and you're cooking meth behind your house in a trailer, you know, Heisenberg, right? Like you cannot breaking bad in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? Like it doesn't work like that. So there are some things that you cannot pursue, right? That don't fall into the category of whatever you do, right? There are some things that you cannot do in the name of the Lord Jesus. You can't do it in the way that Paul's describing. So it eliminates it, right? Paul says you cannot do that 
that and then think God's gonna stamp his approval on it. You cannot do that and then go, oh, well, that's my purpose in life because you know, it's whatever. He says, no, no, no. He says, when it comes to your purpose, he says, your ultimate primary purpose is to walk in relationship with God. And then in relationship with God, he goes, when it comes to what you do, he says, you choose as long as you can do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. He says, as long as you can do it. He says, so when it comes to two great job options, right? So this is how this practical, when it comes to two great job options, I got two great jobs that I could do. They both pay great. They're both, you know, awesome. I'd be great at both of these. When it comes to those, then what Paul's saying is that God's will is not necessarily like one over the other, right? He's like, choose. Do your little pros and cons list and go on a retreat with your wife and you know what Jeff Henderson used to do and like whiteboard it out, you know what I mean? Like do that, do your pros and cons, seek wise counsel, ask some close friends. Hey, which one do you think would be best? Talk to some of the people at the company. He's like, do your homework, do your research and then choose. He says, but when you get there, he says, when you get there, whichever one you choose, when you get there, he goes, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. When it comes to you know, high school students, when it comes to picking a college, right? They go, God, which college am I supposed to go to? Is it the, you know, the state public school? Is it the small private Bible school? Is it like God's like, you have to go to Bible school, right? No. When it comes to those two things, he's like, weigh your options. Look and see what scholarships you have. Is that one gonna cost you all your money and you're gonna be in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt? I mean, you can do what you wanna do, but he's like, weigh your options, seek wisdom, get some wise counsel, and then make a decision. You choose. You choose, whichever one you choose, whatever. He goes, go to, go to the one you wanna go to. He says, just when you get there, when you get there, study and plan and do life and do friendships, do your sorority or your fraternity. He says, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. He's like, whoever, wherever, whatever it is that you're gonna find yourself doing, he goes, he goes, look, the whatever, I'm giving you the option to choose. He says, but there's a way I want you to do it. He says, so whatever that is, whatever that thing is that you find your hands to do, he says, I want you to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, that brings up another question. What does that mean, right? What does it mean to do something in the name of the Lord Jesus? Does that mean I gotta wear like Christian shirts to work? You know what I mean? Like, and uh, like crosses and fish on everything. Like, is that what it is? Like, is that doing something in the name of the Lord? Does that mean I gotta put a Bible verse in my email signature? You know what I mean? Like, this is Bob and you know, like Philippians 4, 13. You know, so like, I mean, is, is that what it is? Like, do I, I, I gotta put Bible, you know, things in my signature? Does that mean like, you know, when I get, you know, the, the, the sales record at my work that I gotta, you know, hit them with a T-bow, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that, is that what it means to do something in the name of the Lord Jesus? No, 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 that's not what it means, right? When he says, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, he actually gives us some clues Right here in this chapter, in chapter three, he gives us some clues as to what it looks like to do something in the name of Jesus. And I wanna show you these 
But before I do, I just want to talk. Look, if you're not a Christian in the room, or if you're like, hey, I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know where I'm at in my faith or on this whole faith journey thing. And you're like, look, I don't really care at all about doing anything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Like, wah, wah, you know, like, and so maybe that's you. That's, that's, that's okay. I just want to encourage you. Don't check out. Because what Paul's gonna say here, what he's gonna teach us about what it means to do something in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's actually really, really powerful. And, uh, and some of these things, like regardless of what you think about Jesus, if you were to actually take them and apply them, here's what I'm convinced of. If you would take the three things that we're about to talk about, about what it looks like to do something in the name of Jesus, if you would take those things and you would apply them, I think that like we say around here, that you would be better, that your life would be better and that you would be better at life. And I really do think you would be glad you did. So I want you to lean in. Now, Christians, if you call yourself a Jesus follower, what I'm about to read is not, this is not optional. This is mission critical, right? These are marching orders. This is how we ought to conduct ourselves in whatever it is that we find ourselves doing. In your day job or in your dream job, he's like, hey, you know what? Like, this is how you are to conduct yourself. This is what it looks like to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so, The clues are right here. The first clue into what doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's actually a a few verses before he says this in 317. He says in in 312, he says, therefore, as God's chosen people, so basically, hey, because you are now in this relationship with Jesus, that's the framework now that you've embraced, these people had. He says, holy and dearly loved. He says, now, here's what I want you to do. Clothe yourselves, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. He says, bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance, he says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, he says, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And all of these, you guys, these things that we just, circled here. These are all character traits of Jesus. These are all character traits of Jesus. So he says, hey, when you're walking in a relationship with Jesus, hopefully the more time you spend with Jesus and the more you get to know him, the more like him you become. And so clue number one, to do something in the name of Jesus is to do it with the character of Jesus. So to do something in the name of Jesus. So Paul says, hey, whatever it is that you wanna do, like go and do that, but do it in the name of Jesus. And when he says, do it in the name of Jesus, one of the things that he's referring to is to do something in the name of Jesus is to do it with the character of Jesus. To represent and reproduce his goodness anywhere you go, right? And so he says, when you're getting up for work in the morning and you're gonna go to that job while you're putting on your polo and you're putting on your pants and you're doing all that, he says, I also want you to put something else on. He says, I want you to put on the characteristics of Jesus. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And I want you to clothe yourself and go, hey, I'm gonna, today, Holy Spirit, would you help me to be compassionate? Would you help me to be kind? Would you help me to be humble and gentle and patient? Would you help me to be loving in everything that I do? Would you help me to put on the character traits of Jesus? To do something in the name of Jesus is first and foremost to, to do it with the character of Jesus. So Paul says, hey, when it comes to God's will and what you're gonna do, he goes, whatever. He goes, just when you get there, when you get there, do it like Jesus. Do it with that same character. Do it good the way that Jesus did. Now, 
He keeps going because there's, it's more to this, right? It's not just do it like, it's not just be compassionate and humble and kind, right? And then go in there and be terrible at your job, right? Like he's gonna, it's, it's more than just that, right? And so he says, whatever it is that you find yourself to do, he says, do it with the character of Jesus. And then the next thing, fast forward a few verses, he's gonna repeat the same command. He says, whatever you do, again, he says, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. He says, okay, so if you're gonna, if you're gonna do something like in the name of Jesus, he says, you do it with the character of Jesus, but then you also do it as if you were working for Jesus and not your boss. And you're like, thank God, right? Like he's, not only do you do something, like to do it in the name of Jesus means to do it with the character of Jesus, but it also means you do it as if you were working for Jesus. And do you know how you would work for Jesus? If you believed that there really was a God who loves you and created you on purpose with purpose and that he was the boss in your work, do you know how you would work? You would be excellent. You would give your best. So when he says, work at it with all of your heart as if working for the Lord, he's not saying you gotta be the best, but he is saying when you go in there, you give your best. This is not about perfection, but this is about giving your all at whatever it is that you find your hands to do and not giving 75% because you know that your 75% is better than someone else's 100% and not doing what you can get away with or what's acceptable or what's permissible, but giving your very best. And you say, well, what if I don't even like what I do? He would say, you still gotta do your best because that's what it looks like to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, he's writing to some people that definitely did not like what they do. In this section right here, he's actually talking to slaves in reference to their masters. So they very much did not like what they did and they wanted it to not be. And Paul says, in the meantime, until we can figure out a solution to that, to ending that system, he says, in, when you show up, he says, give your best. And that's what it looks like to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so even if you don't like what it is that you do, he says, you're still called to do it with excellence. And so to, to do something in the name of the Lord Jesus is, is to do it with the character of Jesus. And it's also, it's also to do it as if you were working for Jesus. And then he, he concludes <clears throat> and he says this, this is the last clue as to what it means to do something in the name of Jesus. He says, and so whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. He said, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him being Jesus. He says, <clears throat> all right, if you're gonna do something in the name of Jesus, right? It's not just about crosses and fishes and Bible verses on things and, and stuff like that. He's like, you do it with the character of Jesus. You do it with excellence as if you were working for Jesus. And then you do it with gratitude in your heart to God through Jesus. He says, you do it with gratitude. And this is both inward and outward gratitude, you guys. When I say inward and outward, I mean like inward gratitude being that when you wake up and you go and do whatever it is that you've chosen to do um, or that you've, you've got to do in the season that you're in, it, like, like you, you do it in a way and you go, the inward gratitude is, God, thank you so much for this opportunity. God, thank you so much for the provision that you've given me through this opportunity. God, thank you so much 
for what you're preparing me for through this opportunity. Because sometimes you guys, you're grateful for the provision because you're like, I can't believe I get to do this. And then other times you're just grateful for the preparation because you know it's not what you're gonna do forever, but God's teaching you something in it and he's preparing you for what's next in the season that you're in. And even if you're learning what not to do, it's still preparing you. And so he goes, hey, like that's inward gratitude. It's this thankfulness to God that you've got this thing to do. And then the outward gratitude, right? Outward gratitude is when you get the opportunity. When somebody asks you, why are you so good at that? Or why do you give your best? Or when someone celebrates you or you get the promotion or, or, or someone asks you, you know, like you get, you get to stand up and accept the award, whatever it is, you know, like he, the outward gratitude would be using that as an opportunity to give thanks to God, to deflect the praise. And so he says, this is what it looks like to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You do it good as in character, not quality, right? You do it, you do it good like Jesus. You do it great with excellence as if you were working for Jesus and you do it grateful with gratitude in your heart to Jesus, right? This is what it looks like to do whatever it is do it all in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what goes in the frame? When you get the frame of your life, when you know why, what is supposed to go in that frame, it's whatever. Paul says it's whatever. Whatever it is that you choose, he says, and do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Paul's teaching us here, hey, when it comes to what you do, like it's important to God, but just so you know, God cares way more about how and why you do what you do than what it is that you're choosing to do. He cares way more about that. And so what's God's will? What's the picture he has for your life? Whatever, whatever. Just do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So in conclusion for today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what's my whatever. And what would it look like for me to do that in the name of the Lord Jesus? And I know that lands differently with some people. Some of you are like, I know exactly what my whatever is, right? Amazing. You know what I say to you? Keep going, keep doing it and do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it with the character of Jesus. Do it with quality as if you were working for Jesus and, and, and do it with gratitude in your heart that you get to do something that you love and are passionate about. Amazing. Some of you are like, I don't like what I do. I don't like my whatever. I've got a whatever, but I hate it. And to you, I would say, hey, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes that is what we've got to do. Life is not always giving us life-giving whatevers, yes? Sometimes you got to work a job that you don't necessarily love and you got to do it to pay the bills or to pay off school or to pay off that debt or to get by in the season that you're in. But I would say that you can still have purpose and you can still have meaning and that can still be a, a, a season of your life. Even if you're in a whatever that you don't necessarily love, you can still find value and meaning and you can grow in that season if you'll do it the way that Paul's just instructed us in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you'll show up each and every day with the character of Jesus, if you'll show up each and every day as if you were working for him and not for men, if you'll show up each and every day with gratitude in your heart, like I said, either for the provision that it provides or, or what it's preparing in you, then that too, even the thing that you don't love can have purpose. As a matter of fact, I've found that some of my most God glorifying seasons have been in the hardest situations. Seems like he does his best work 
in our dark moments, yes? And so, so that's where some of you are at. And then some of you are going, hey, I don't know what my whatever is. No clue. Real quick, we're gonna land the plane. I'm, I'm a couple minutes over. Real quick, I wanna give you a few questions that you can ask if you're like, hey, read. I'd love to do whatever it is in the name of the Lord Jesus. I just don't know what it is, right? Maybe you're in a season of transition. Maybe you're wanting to switch careers. Maybe you're wondering what's next. Should I go here, there, whatever? Like, I wanna give you a couple questions. It's not a couple. It's actually a few, which is more than two. And it's to be exact, it's five, okay? So it's five questions. I wanna give you five questions uh, that, that you can ask yourself and get some people around you to answer like on your behalf. And you can talk about it. These are five quick questions um, that I heard Pastor Louis Giglio give at a passion conference when he was helping a bunch of college kids try to figure out what to do with their life. And I found them to be helpful. And you can ask them. These are five questions real quick. This is what he says. What keeps you up at night? Meaning like, what is the problem, whether it's in, your, it's in your workplace, it's in your industry, or it's in the world, what's the thing that bothers you where you're thinking there's gotta be a better way? What's the thing that keeps you up at night? That might be a clue into a problem that you're meant to solve or that you would find joy in solving, right? What keeps you up at night? Next question. What wakes you up in the morning? What's the thing that like, when you see that on your, your schedule, when you see that on your calendar, right? Like you don't hit snooze, you pop back up, boom, you know, like you're ready and, and you're excited to go and do that thing. Like, what's that? Like, that's a, that's a clue as to what your passion is. And that might be part of the whatever that, that you might need to lean into and put in the frame. So what keeps you up at night? What wakes you up in the morning? What are you best at? Like maybe not the best at, right? Like in the whole world, but like what are, what are like the thing that when you do it, it's different, right? Like this is the thing that I'm really, really good at. Like what's that thing? What are you best at? Another question. What do others affirm in you? Like what do when you do it, other people go, you should do that more. Or hey, would you come and do that thing that you did? Or would you come and talk to us and tell us about how you did that thing that you did? Would you come and do that? Like, like what is that? What's that thing that other people see in you and they go, do that more often. You should lean into that. Have you ever thought about doing blah, right? And, and, and that might be a clue. And then the last one, what are you willing to sacrifice for? What are you willing to sacrifice for? Like, what are you willing to do? And if you got to do that, you'd do it for less. You're like, yo, I would, I would do that. If I could do that every day, I would take less money and do that. What's the thing that like you're willing, you're like, like you would do that and, and, and you would get up earlier or you would stay up later or you would go back to school if it meant that you could do that. What's that thing? What are you willing to, to sacrifice for? And all of these, right? Spend some time answering those questions. Get some other people around you that know you and love you and have them answer that question about you. Have those conversations and those will clue you in as to what God has wired you to do and what your passions are. And then hopefully help you to narrow it down to identify some things and then go do them and go do them. And you won't be great at all of them and you might fail at some of them and that's okay. Because there's not just one picture that fits in the frame. It can change. What you do can change when you know why you're here. And so go do some of those things and whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And in that way, it will be soul fulfilling and God honoring and you will be living out your God given 
purpose. So this week, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm gonna pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you care about what we're doing and who we're becoming. Thank you that you didn't create robots, but you created sons and daughters and you give us the chance to walk with you and to discover and to discern what it is that we're gonna do. Thanks so much that there's freedom and flexibility in that, um, but that you're clear about, you want us to get the motives and the methods right. And so I pray this week that you would help us to do whatever it is that we've got to do. I pray that you would help us to do it in a way that honors you. I pray that you would help us to do it in a way that brings glory to you. I pray that you would help us to do it um, with your character. I pray that you would help us to do it uh, with excellence. I pray that you would help us to do it with gratitude in our hearts and in so doing uh, that we would fulfill our, our life's purpose and meaning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen.